Welcome to episode five uh, from Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. I am your host, Martin, and we will be talking about live action roleplay events and experiences. Through this series, we will talk about specific LARPs and also more general topics surrounding LARP. Today, we are looking at blockbuster LARPs from both an organizer perspective and a player perspective. So these kinds of blockbuster LARPs have begun to dominate over the last five years or so, and examples of this kind of LARP include Monitor Celestra, which was played on a Swedish warship in 2013, uh, Odysseus, where a Finnish school was converted into the starship Odysseus, uh, both of which were homages to Battlestar Galactica, uh, Fairweather Manor, where participants got to live out a Downton Abbey-style fantasy, uh, College of Wizardry, played in a Polish castle from the 1200s, New World Magic Skula, played in various uh, venues across the U.S., both homages to Wizarding Worlds, obviously. Uh, Expedition Sahara, which was a Lovecraftian story, played out in the Sahara Desert. Legend of the Stars, which has been played on both the Battleship Massachusetts and Heavy Cruiser Salem, which is a story about space wizards. Uh, An Outbound Hope, which was played in the U.S. destroyer uh, USS Edson, which is another space-based LARP. Uh, and then the upcoming Matter of Honor, which will also be played on the U.S. destroyer Edson, which is based on the New York Times bestselling Honor Harrington novels by David Weber. There are, of course, many others which I have not mentioned and which cover other genres from Westworld-themed to World War II to Hunger Games to Pirate Times and many, many more. So what then is a blockbuster LARP? Well, that's kind of what we're going to be discussing today. So this show is for both new LARPers through to seasoned veterans, and we'll be implementing a scale to let you know the main focus of the episode. Uh, episodes will air every odd month, so January, March, May, July, September, November, and will be approximately one to two hours in length. Uh, every episode is open for everybody, but some will focus more on issues which will resonate with one group or another. So as such, we have a scale which will tell you the focus of the topics and possibly the depths of some of the various bogs and potential dungeons that we're going to wade into. Uh, the scale for this episode will be Adventure. So that is... a uh, a, a scale that is for the beginner as well as the super veteran. So with me via Zoom today, I have Ida from Poland, um, who will be talking about her experience as both a player and, and helping to have organized some blockbuster LARPs, and Tiana from California, who has been a player at some of these LARPs, and, and myself same. Uh, so thank you for joining me today. Um, before we begin with an open discussion, let me first uh, ask you to sort of tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and your involvement with LARP. So Ida, if you'd like to begin. Uh, yes. So I am a LARP player and organizer from Poland. I LARP for around 11 years now. Uh, I started from organizing one of the biggest Polish fantasy LARPs and then we, with my group, I moved to organizing and actually creating Geas, that was the first Polish uh, blockbuster LARP. And then I was an original organizer of first Fairweather Manor and College of Wizardry. I also played a few blockbusters uh, in recent years, both in in Poland and international ones. Excellent. And uh, Tiana, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Um, I have been 
doing Blockbuster LARP and LARP in general for about three years now. So I'm a particular newbie, but I, uh, I really enjoy Blockbuster LARP. Um, it's my favorite type of LARP just because it's so immersive. And I've done, um, I think, three, and then I, I was supposed to do uh, three more this year. So hopefully next year, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, Blockbuster LARP is definitely what I enjoy most about LARP. Yeah, I think we all have have that problem for this year uh, with the ones we were planning on doing not happening. Um, so to ensure that we're all on the same page for the purposes of this conversation, I'm just going to briefly define what a Blockbuster LARP is. And I'm going to use the definition from the webpage Leaving Mundania, which is a LARP blog. So a Blockbuster LARP is an aesthetic form uh, term for a LARP which contains one or more of the following. Uh, either a location, so a fabulous venue, say a castle like the College of Wizardry, uh, the actual castle of Elsinore, as in uh, Inside Hamlet, um, a naval vessel for Monitor Celestra, or, or similar type of venues. Um, then, of course, to that, fabulous costumes are provided either by the, the players or by the LARP itself. Um, one of the other aspects is fiction, the setting it's set either in an existing intellectual property, often with a genre vibe. Uh, so for example, the genres that are very typical are Harry Potter, Downtown Abbey, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica. Um, even if the LARP creator has to file off the world's serial numbers for legal reasons. Um, audience, it's aimed usually at an international audience that includes LARPers and non-LARPers and fans, um, usually 100 and plus if possible. Um, economy, uh, it generally comes with a more higher, with a higher price tag. Um, some run up into the hundreds of dollars. Uh, format, uh, many of them are one-offs, more like a movie than a recurring TV show. Of course, some are more sequential or, or have multiple runs of either the same LARP or slightly similar LARPs. Um, and then finally, the rules. So typically, they're rules light, since blockbusters generally try to appeal to a wider audience. Um, one of the many styles used is, is a, a Nordic LARP style, but also a collaborative style uh, is in high usage. And slowly, that style is even beginning to penetrate into the US uh, market. So now that we're hopefully on the same page, uh, I will open this up to my guests on the uh, on on Zoom, so we can begin delving deeper into uh, these types of LARPs. So let's start with how each of you feel that this definition works or doesn't work for blockbuster LARPs. I, from my perspective, I think it it works. Like the thing that makes blockbusters blockbusters is for sure how long they are. Uh, how big budgets they have and the production value, the fact that they have this 360 degree immersion, uh, they have this whole world created and you are not playing with sticks or, you know, old sheets, you are actually just jumping into actual real life and that's what Blockbuster gives you. So I, I think I agree with the definition. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, I think, yeah, the, the special thing about Blockbuster LARP is you actually feel like you're there. 
And especially for people who are non-actors or a little less comfortable stepping into the shoes of another person, it is extremely immersive. So it's just easier to fall into that. So it's something that I suggest for, you know, friends and things who have never LARPed before, if they really want to get a sense of what it feels like to play another character in its entirety, to do these blockbuster LARPs. So I think the definition is very good, um, just because, you know, you watch these movies or play video games and things like that, and you feel like you're in it. Well, this is the, the LARP version of that. Excellent. Uh, so we have also been joined by our third guest, uh, Antti from Finland. Um, so Antti, if you'd like to take a moment just to introduce yourself to the listeners and then we'll sort of continue in on the discussion. Hello. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Auntie, I think, when, when the microphone is up and functioning. Because um, I love technology. Um, so what, what, in your opinion, makes a Blockbuster LARP uh, special? Um, I kind of already hit this um just kind of talking about how immersive it is um but i think mostly uh from all the blockbuster larps that i've been there's uh less involvement from uh, the staff or the people running it they kind of lay a really solid foundation and then let their players just go for it and uh there's really something beautiful about collaborative storytelling that stems from uh, the moment so something that just, you know, pops up right then and there and um, you make these moments that are just so, um, I'm, I'm losing the word there, but like unique and uh, you really don't get that from anything else. So that's why I think it's special. I also, from my perspective it's uh, also a little bit about community that creates around the blockbuster larps uh, because it, they quite often have like this amazing group of fans uh, and players who help other players who are so welcoming to new people especially non-larpers like it's a way easier to start larping at blockbuster larps because you will just you are just gonna be grabbed by this group and they will help you, they will lead you. And that is quite unique and quite amazing thing that I believe it's a very important and unique part of Blockbusters. Okay. Uh, it looks like we may have solved the sound problem for, for Auntie. So uh, Auntie, if you'd like to introduce yourself really quickly to the listeners. And then the, the current question is, what makes a Blockbuster LARP special? Well, I think we solved the outgoing sound, but not the incoming sound. <laughs> what about now? We have fixed it now, yes. We have fixed it, yes. So, sorry for the... <clears throat> I, I mixed up CET with GMT. I always think about it in those forms. So, yeah. so uh, I am Antti Kumpulainen. Hello. Uh, uh, how big of an introduction are we making? Just a 
just a short one to let everyone know sort of who I've, you are and what your what your LARP background is. I've LARPed for 20 years now. I've run a bunch of games, like uh, under 20, though. I've run one major blockbuster in Finland and uh, have played in probably like closer to 200 games than 100 games by now. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't hear everything that was said about what, what makes Blockbuster special, but I kind of agree with the what I heard Ida say was about like the the community, I guess, one of the one of the special things, in addition to obviously having lots of resources often and making big things happen. Having an international audience, I think, is one of the things that makes it interesting or like special in that like it's a mix of different cultures. It has to kind of like take into account different types of play. And through that, it makes it easier for everyone to kind of be picked up through it. And it's like, that's that makes it kind of like specially inclusive because you have to take into account that American LARP can be very different from Finnish LARP, which can be very different from German LARP and French LARP and so on and so forth. So other than that, it's just way more bells and whistles, I'd say. <laughs> no, and I, and I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that, you know, that, that sort of uniqueness about international LARP. It's one of the reasons why why I greatly enjoy them and and you know I'm sort of happy to pick up from the US and travel internationally for them um we don't generally I feel have enough of them here in the states um most of and quite honestly most of the really really good ones are are still based in Europe um you know it's the, the first the the first blockbuster LARP that I I've, I had done so many parlor LARPs I, I just stopped counting after a while or what I would define as parlor LARPs like small one day kind of things and I think the first really actual blockbuster LARP that I did was uh, Fairweather Manor and and actually I, I I know Tiana you were there at that one I think you were there at that one Ida. But... Probably, you know, somewhere behind the computer screen, uh, not being noticeable because I'm doing practical stuff and uh, working with volunteers. Uh, so, you know, the very much behind the scenes things at Fairweather Manor. At which one you were? Uh, that would have been what, the second to last one? I think five. There was... Yeah, it was five. five. Yeah. Yeah, then I'm not sure I was there. I, I no longer remember, like, it was a lot of LARPs. So, I mean, you know, and, and the other massive thing I think that's important, especially with a lot of the, a lot of the international blockbuster LARPs is that it's a great sort of advertisement for the country itself. Um, I mean, for pretty much all, all of the big ones that I've done so far, either either alone or, or with my wife, we've spent time in the country either before or after, um, you know, and I mean, we had we had excellent experiences in Poland. Um, we've had ex or I had an excellent experience in Finland. We had an amazing time in in Tunisia. And, and I think that that sort of venue is itself equally important so I'd, I'd like to get some thoughts on that i can go um i yes i do a, a an insane amount of travel and i actually uh, traveled a lot before um 
I started in LARP. But uh, I think that one of the reasons here in the United States there's not so many blockbuster LARPs is because we are a relatively new country and a relatively um, modern country. So there's not a lot of room to do like the older style, the stuff in the castles, the things um, location wise that aren't either outdoors, like in the forest or at a campsite or, um, you know, somewhere that's uh, financially feasible as well, especially here in California, everything's very expensive. But um, in Europe, not only are things relatively, um, I would, you know, it, it costs to get there, but uh, inexpensive, inexpensive, um, inexpensive compared to like California, but um, just wonderful, uh, like almost like culturally, like you get to really step into a past that like for me as an American, I don't see, I don't get to experience. So those, um, those other countries, those other traveling, like that really adds to the experience, like you were saying, Martin, um, it's, it's really beautiful and it really just pulls it together. I, th I think one of my favorite phrases is actually from a comedian, Eddie Izzard, if you're all familiar with him. Um, and his, he's a British comedian who, who um, bends gender norms, if you will, um, is also an actor. I mean, actually really good actor when you get down to it. And his, um, in, in one of his comedy uh, sketches, he, he specifically states, I come from Europe. That's where all the history comes from. And it's sort of, I mean, it's sort of facetious, but at the same time, from an American perspective, he's completely correct. Um, so much of the history comes from, from Europe. And, you know, it's, it's the reason why we can LARP in a castle from the 1200s or we can LARP in a manor home from the 1700s. And, you know, those are just amazing, amazing opportunities that we don't have here. Um, I mean, you know, ancient history in America, aside from Native American history, is what, like 1600s? And you really got to live in, like, New England to see those 1600 areas? So, so yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's certainly part of it for me um ida auntie thoughts well as a fan i find that light lightly amusing because our history isn't that long and like well we we just did run the one big blockbuster lab that we did in a modern school obviously we built a spaceship there but like like we don't we don't have we don't have castles here either so <laughs> i mean poland has castles and maybe yeah. czech republic uh, like, or Denmark, they have like the one castle. Uh, but what I think is that we need to remember that blockbusters are not only castle LARPs. Right. It's not the same because we have Monitor Celestra and it was definitely not a castle. And like, I think there is some possibility for running blockbusters LARPs in different locations. They are probably way more challenging because it's easier to take a castle and turn it into magic school or witcher school than to take a what was that uh, where you build the space. we had a we had a regular elementary school building yeah that's that's amazing and impressive and that's what i'm 
I found uh, interesting in blockbusters that people are finding new locations in situations when they don't have castles, like in uh, Finland. So maybe there is a future of blockbusters in uh, your, uh, your United States too. I completely agree with that. There is definitely, LARP is becoming more acceptable in all forms here. Interactive ent entertainment in general is becoming more accepted. So yes, the future is bright, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, no. I think one of the things that like for often blockbuster LARPs are a bit more leaning towards the Nordic kind of LARPing or stuff like that. And I guess in the States, LARP is often the kind of like moving from pen and paper role playing games to more like live role playing game. But it still is a lot, a lot of like, as I as I understand, I don't have any experience from there, but like less Nordic and more like experience points and hit points and stuff like that. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> not as conducive to kind of like blockbustery scene in that way because they're way they're often way more like um complete like uh things and less like choose your own make your own adventure and all that and more like this is the story of this manor or this is the story of this spaceship or or this castle and this this year of class of whatever no i think that's i think that's very true to an extent i think that there are there are certainly some large larps that have been running for a long time in the united states uh, there's a star wars larp up in washington state um, i want to say it's called galaxy awaits i think it is uh, that's been running for years but it's a very rules heavy sort of game you know to be a lightsaber wielder you have to have enough force points to do it and you have to collect the force points by doing certain things and it's very not conducive to to uh, it's very not conducive to a nordic style of play um unlike for example outbound hope which ran for the first time last year on on uh u.s destroyer um where you know they used the advantage of the ship being essentially a spaceship if you will if you shut off all the windows and Wish i could have been there uh, yeah, it's 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 running again next year, and there will be there there will be more tickets available. Um, so so maybe um, it's it's a I mean, and, and that again was sort of like you know again Battlestar Galactica ish in its theme, except you know maybe like pre Battlestar Galactica because it was the point of oh look we're leaving Earth for the first time. Um. But you know, it was it was really well done. It was the venue was was such an important part of that. So I think that that you know it, it leads to the question of what makes a good LARP venue. I would say openness of the people who own it or are in charge of it because uh, if you have people who want to work with you and who are open for your ideas then you can create a lot of things like for example turn a school into into spaceship and on the other hand if you have amazing location but not that willing owners then it's gonna be more heavy on the organizing side like that was the case with Convention of Thorns. Uh, that was all run only during the night because we couldn't uh, rent the castle during the day because it was a museum. Uh, and after, 
after each the, uh, night of the game, we would need to put back some museum things uh, before going to sleep because the castle would be available during the day. Or the thing that is, so it's this can create a problem that will challenge organizers more or like, you, you, you know, you need to more, you, were, you need to, I'm sorry, my tongue got uh, lost. I wanted to say that uh, you need to have owners of the location willing to cooperate with you and having possibility to cooperate with you. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the main like essential things, obviously, being able to work with the owners and the the people who run the place. After that, it's pretty much like depends on the story and the and the LARP you're willing to run. Like then in some games, showers are essential and some places they're not. Some places beds are essential that the LARP can run long enough. Some places it's not not that important. Like locations have different and LARPs have different like requirements, obviously. Yeah, I would also say that we to have a good uh, blockbuster lab location, we need a good uh, off game uh, area. Like we need to have place where people will be able to sleep. We need to have good food for people with different dietary needs. Like infrastructure that, is important. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so infrastructure, yeah, I lost, I forgot this word. So this is also something that uh, we as organizers need to remember why, when choosing a location for Blockbuster. And I would say possibility to arrive there. So like being in a city or place that is, for example, nearby to a big international airport, because if it's in the middle of nowhere and then closest airport is like four hours drive, then maybe it's not the best location for a blockbuster. Like Tunisia. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, it worked. So maybe it's not that necessarily. <laughs> yeah, people can can do a long, long bus drive once, but like <laughs> then you need to have proper accommodation. Yeah, it depends on what they're going to, I think. If it's amazing enough, people will go. The desert was to the kind moon. of amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 pretty unique. Yeah. So from a player perspective, um, I think the venue, uh, just for a blockbuster feeling, especially, I like to come back to the people who've never LARPed before and like the blockbusters, their first thing. It's just the immersion. Um, if you have things that like are constantly pulling you out or feeling like, for example, like other people walking around that have nothing to do with the LARP, things like that can always pull you out. So if you have an exclusive venue that um, isn't perfect, but is enough to like pull you in, I think that is what makes um, the LARP really special. But I don't feel like it is the most important. I feel like the players and how they interact with each other is the most important. So I think that that brings up a good point. Let's let's look at the the people who play at an internet or at a, at a blockbuster LARP. What what makes the players unique as opposed to in say a a more constrained or constricted LARP? Um, both from the perspective of of having been organizers and and having been players. Um, what what are your thoughts? 
uh, I, I don't remember who said it, sorry, but uh, somebody said it like the international, like the different cultures and norms coming together. Um, that I feel like is, uh, is really important just because it brings up things that people wouldn't have considered to be play or um, haven't otherwise been exposed to. So, you know, you have, um, you know, new experiences, these people from other cultures coming in, and it kind of just pushes you out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I, I think that's beautiful. And I think it takes some kind of openness to go to the international LARP that you will play in English. That's not always your first language. Let's remember about it. We had a lot of people from countries for, we, uh, for which and English is a second language. So it takes some amount of being open uh, to, you know, new experiences, new people to learn. And from organizer perspective, I think it's also important to like guide your players, to tell them uh, how to act in this situation that will be uncomfortable for them. So it's, it's also important that players have support of their organizers and they have like people who tell them how to act, what to do in situations when they will be overwhelmed or something like that. I think one, one thing that hasn't been said, I guess, is like, obviously there's the ugly truth that like, yeah, usually international blockbuster LARPs tend to get people who are with means. So, uh, cause, cause it obviously costs a bunch of money to travel somewhere. And then they usually, the tickets aren't cheap either because the game games generally have high production values. So that unfortunately does like diminish the player base a bit, but I think one good thing or like one thing that like bears mentioning is that that also kind of like makes it often that there, that's like really the people who come there are usually really passionate about that specific um genre or whatever like people super into sci-fi like i know people here and especially like i'm now i am no exception i will go to pretty much any larp that i can get to in finland uh, because i like larping it's fun and i will go to the games that aren't like as interesting to me as they would be otherwise like i i will like i have a way lower threshold of going to larps here and i might be like eh, i didn't get as much out of it as i could have but people going to blockbusters are often like, this is the thing they want. I want to go to a Harry Potter school. I've never, personally, I've never been to any of the Magiscolas or, or like Colleges of Wizards or any of those because the Harry Potter scene or like the magic school scene has never been a thing for me. And it's like, yeah, like I would love to go to one of those lives, but I'm not sure if I'm always willing to put that much effort into it. But like Monitor Celestra was like, yes, take my money. I have like, I, I will save up for this and make it happen. So it's like, it kind of like, gathers a lot of people passionate to that that type of like um, game and genre. Then I have Adding on that, I feel like there's a lot of open-mindedness as well with those players, very accepting and like, come in. Um, I know uh, Ida um, brought that up as well. Um, but yeah, I, very accepting and very excited to get more people into these genres that they love. Let's love these things together, kind of. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that, you know, people will go to them based on the, the genres that they're into. Cause I found that 
that some people have such a wide variety of what genres they like that, you know, you could go to, to, you know, Fairweather Manor, which is certainly Downton, Downton Abbey inspired, and you can have a great time. And you can go to, you know, College of Wizardry, which is, is definitely Harry Potter inspired and have a great time. And you can go to Odysseus, which was Battlestar Galactica inspired and have a great time. And, and, and it, I think it depends on your level of commitment to the genre per se, but also just your willingness to sort of step out of who you are and into whatever character it is you're playing. Um, I think that if you immerse yourself in your character, you can sort of have fun almost at any LARP, even if you wind up with a character that you weren't directly happy with from the beginning. And and I've had that happen at least once or twice, where you have a character that, that you get and you look at it and you're like, I have no clue how to play this. And then when you step into that area, into that place, suddenly the character makes much more sense or it all comes together by something that someone else might have said to you. And I think that, that we should probably look at, at, you know, what's, uh, what's the thought on, on characters for some of these blockbuster LARPs. I, well, I'm going to once again, talk from a player perspective and actually as a writer, cause I am a writer. Um, I am so impressed by some of these LARPs, you know, having 150, 160, 170 characters written up. And these are not like all the ones I've been to are not like these, just a tiny little blurb. No, it's like these huge intertwining backstories that really lay this foundation so you can go out and with very little, um, you know, pushing by the staff or whoever's running it, um, just go, it just lives and it breathes its own breathes its own thing but that also means that there's some characters that lots of players are going to be um, drawn to you know in the blurbs or whatever you get before you choose and then some that are going to be a little different to what most people are expecting or things like that but I haven't really seen very often where people are like you know my character was the worst every character just comes to life in its own way like Martin was saying there's or do you want to eat up uh, no please I will wait <laughs> for us it's like in in finnish larp in general it's it's very often that like all characters are pre-written and they are usually assigned by the the game runners in general and that's like uh something that i personally kind of feel like that's the best way to do it but obviously i'm biased because i i have been in this culture for god knows how long but for example like i guess the best kind of like um Example to the kind of like, yeah, if you might not have liked our character or whatever has happened to us, Odysseus is like, I'm really glad that in all of the three games, there was never, because it was run three times, same characters, obviously, every time. In none of the three games was a single character like that someone said that this was the like worst character they'd had or a shitty game because of this. There's always like one player might have had like in one run that, that didn't work for them. And two other players thought that it was the best game for them with the same exact character. So it's like more of, or at least with our LARP culture, often it's more of a like casting uh, issue than actually like, like uh, an issue with the characters. Obviously, there's times when character writing hasn't been up to par, and there's but that's obviously something that we just have to work on in general to make sure that there's like my my personal I guess like uh, rule of thumb is I write characters that I want to play each and every one of them. I feel like I want to play this, and that's how I feel like how this how it generally gets like 
and then it's just matching those like themes and things that happen in the game for those characters that have been designed to matching them to players who seem to want this type of experience. Yeah, and like there are two versions because there are LARPs that have pre-written characters and there are LARPs that have some pre-written and some characters uh, created by players. Like I, I have not written characters for blockbuster LARPs. I hate writing characters, it's, it's horrible. Uh, uh, for me, at least, uh, I can come up with ideas, but not sit down and try things. Uh, and I only placed, I for now, I only played uh, Cow, a College of Wizardry. So I only played characters that I come up with myself. So like I did not play pre-written character and a blockbuster yet. I am supposed, I was supposed to do this year, but well, <laughs> uh, and I think. It's in, like it's important to design a game in which you can have this mix of characters created by players and by you organizers uh, and create the game that will work like that. So that's that's the case of College of Wizardry. People have their own characters, and there are also people who have pre-written characters because like not everyone will want to come up with their characters. So I think like it's, I would say those are two different kinds of black box, uh, blockbusters, not black box, because we have sandbox that is College of Wizardry. Basically you uh, organizers give you the world, give you, will give you tools and you will create your own story. And then there are labs so like the Finnish ones uh, that are, stories that are created by organizers and we as players get to leave those uh, stories so i think it's important to mention that we have those two different types of games uh when it comes to characters Auntie? just wanted to caveat that we don't write the whole story obviously we write like main points and stuff like that but then obviously players make them their own with their play so it's not like <laughs> we don't write everything for them i know but it's like you write but it's a very uh, different yeah yeah, it's different because you know what kind of story you want to have and it's a little bit more concrete and a little bit more defined than in sandboxes. Like, yes, for example, uh, there's uh, Witcher School uh, LARPs uh, in Poland and they have, like, they don't have very big characters with long backstories for players, but they have a storyline. Uh, and they have storyline that will lead to certain events and so on. So it's like this, this, this kind of game when somehow game organizers uh, lead you through the story. And otherwise, sometimes it's in other cases, sometimes it's just, okay, you have this ball of things, do whatever you want with it. And it's nice. I like. I really liked uh, playing characters that I came up with, and it was fun. Uh, but sometimes it can be overwhelming and scary because if you have a character designed and written by somebody else, they did this work for you. You don't need to think why I would do that. What motivates me? So that's 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 important thing. 
I I I don't know. No more words. <laughs> no, I, I, I oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, um I was just going to say I've done both. Uh luckily, I've gotten to experience both of those in blockbuster larps. And I will completely agree with you that it's, you know, there's there's the the pros and cons of both sides. And um the one that I can think of that I had to write my own character, but um, the the staff did such an amazing job of making sure that, you know, it was immersed with everybody else was uh, a wing and a prayer in England, which was the World War II um, um, WAP, um, the women, you know, uh, and I feel like it's those stories that have like almost like this um, very cinematic kind of like this is where it's gonna the peak and this is where it's gonna end that they that you're like all right this is what's going on go ahead and put your characters into that spot and then uh for example like fairweather manor that is something that other than like one or two like big events for the most part it's like you are running the story so you have to have those characters that kind of like pull everybody together and they both i really like them in, in their own way for both of those yeah often it's a, like a, it's a function of the game design where you know like this character will at some point want to betray this character it's kind of like you know that that will happen at some point that will create these ripples and like kind of like peak points in the game story even though you don't force the players to do them but you're kind of like you can kind of write things in that'll probably happen in some way and sometimes your players completely surprise you and you're like they're doing what with who yeah i know all oh, yes that's that's the what just happened like I design uh, smaller games uh, and those I create uh, not only for those. So we have this cyberpunk game that has uh, like three parts and we tell our players what is the mood of each part. And then like they have directions and pre-written characters. But then every time we run this game, it goes completely different. and. That's also part of magic of LARPs with pre-written characters that are, they are always unique. They are always a little bit different. And from creator perspective, it's amazing to see how much different life your players will give to your characters. So, so I can completely sympathize with both sides. Um, having, having both been a player with pre-written characters and, and characters that were less well-defined, um, and also, we are we are running a LARP um, next November, uh, also on the the uh, Destroyer Edson, um, in in um, in a novel setting. So it's it's a setting based on a series of books by a gentleman called David Weber. And I just finished together with like two other people, but I I will admit that I did probably the majority of this writing, writing 160 characters for this LARP. And so what we've done is we basically took and said, all right, look, we know the universe. We know, we, we know the, 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 the setting. So we'll write the characters based on the setting. And then we're working together with another group called quest adventure programs. And we're handing it off to them to basically what I call LARPify the characters. In other words, write those backstories that tie this character to that character, you know, write the, what's your motivation for doing this kind of stuff. Um, so, but, you know, by, by having partially given them, in essence, a complete character that sort of says, okay, here's your entire naval career, here's what you're doing in the Navy now, we've made that life a little bit easier for them because they don't have to write it. Um, 
but but it also then sort of works in with the plot because what we've done is we've written a essentially what I call an A plot, which is here's how we want the plot to go from point A to point B. And then we've come up with a whole bunch of B plot ideas, which is basically, okay, if they divert here, how can we get them back on the A plot without being too overtly of, no, you can't do that, gotta go this way. What, what subtle ways can we put in to sort of coax them back onto the line? Secret railroading. That's yes. a skill. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's funny because we're dealing with an author who has obviously, you know, interest in his intellectual property. And, and one of the issues that we've, we've mentioned both to him and some of his advisors is, look, I can write the absolute best LARP plot in the world. But to paraphrase... <laughs> To, no to, guarantees. Right. To, to, to paraphrase, I'm completely blanking on what general it is, but to, para, para, to paraphrase a general, no LARP plot survives contact with the players. The second I put a player in there, I know something's going to change because someone's going to see something differently than what we saw when we wrote it. Um, so that, that, you know, that makes the players very unique in that perspective. Um, so it does come up sort of, it, it does sort of bring up the, the, the question of, of what makes a good LARP story? What, what sort of makes, uh, a good LARP plot in general? Hello, uh, conversation on LARP theory, apparently we are having here now. <laughs> well, for, uh, for, for, was... from a blockbuster perspective, what makes a good LARP? Uh, I would say emotions. Uh, they need to be, they need to have a story that will allow people to immerse in it. It doesn't need to be complicated story, uh, but it needs to be a story that has emotions and will, you know, will allow the plot needs to allow people to have their experience during the game at the fullest. So like, you know, it cannot be too overwhelming on like too detailed or too, now you're going this and at five I'm going this and at seven I'm going that because then like I don't have space. So I think the plot needs to have a balance between being a story that people can immerse in but also being a story that people can like maybe go a little somewhere else and leave the story for a while. And have their own stories in there, kind of like have agency yeah. to have like smaller things because not everyone can be there to press the button to save the world. They have to have the reason, but they still can't feel like they're complete side characters when someone else is pressing the button to save the world. They have to be, there has to be like, they all everyone has to be the like made major character in their own story obviously and they need to feel like agency in in how the whole is built and written and uh so it's not easy <laughs> yeah definitely that's that's a very valid point that at blockbusters what makes them blockbusters it's that every player every character feels uh like a hero in a story definitely there's no like you know, second, third, fourth plane uh, characters, because, you know, that would be boring a little bit. Um, on the flip side of that, sort of, um, it, 
the the sheer amount of people usually at the blockbuster larps means that there's so many stories happening around you so if you ever become overwhelmed or you know you just want to take a break and just observe and kind of be like this passive uh fly on the wall type um you know, take a moment to do that, you'll just see so many things. I just remember this uh, very young girl at Fairweather who, this was her first LARP ever. She had just turned 18. Like I remember her parents brought her. She was very scared and she was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to do this and this and this and this. And I was like, um, I was like, just watch, <laughs> you know, and she had a blast just like wandering around, just watching all these other things and then putting herself into it when, um, she felt like it was right. So that's a really beautiful thing, again, with Blockbuster is it just really breathes life around you. And I think one of the fun things, too, is I remember the, the first day, you know, people are like trying to remember these backgrounds that they had been written, that they hadn't experienced. But by the second and third day, you had lived those experiences. You're talking about things that have actually physically happen to you they're not imaginary they're not made up so it like really just everything blooms together at that point so that's an interesting comment because i have a unique perspective on that because i tend to cheat in the characters that i pick um and fairweather is a perfect example of that so my character at the fairweather manor that i went to was a American guy who had lived in who, who had lived in Chicago, who had joined the U.S. Army and joined the U.S. Army Air Corps, and you know had fought with with Pancho Villa or with with Pershing down against Pancho Villa, and then joined the Lafayette Escadrille. So the way that I say I cheat is a at the time we lived in Chicago, so that made Chicago really easy for me, um, and being sort of historically interested you know the history of chicago was was fairly fascinating so you know we'd gone on some of the historical tours um i spent 12 years in the military <laughs> and i have a private pilot's license so stepping into a character who's now this military character who's a pilot was really easy because i didn't have to think about the background i could think solely on okay i got the background down i'll just be myself essentially but how would this character with these experiences interact with all these other characters and i think one of the funniest comments i got was um it must have been it was it was definitely from one of the other um one of the other military characters but it was essentially the second you stepped into the room you being me in this case like the entire atmosphere of the room changed because you were just in that mindset of that military character that everybody else was just like, oh, no, no, we got to live up to that. That's what we got to live up to right now. And the entire like feeling of the room just sort of went, oh. That, I mean, if you have casted people with experience in certain roles, or like any roles, uh, that's what helps at Blockbusters, because you have... For, uh, players that you can play with, that you can see how they act, and uh, then you learn a lot about how to be, for example, I don't know, a military person or servant by acting with people who have some real life experience with that. And it's like amazing mix of blockbusters that uh, allows you to learn from people who have some experience in a thing you are playing. 
like, and I think it's also a very nice, not tendency, like a very nice thing that players at Blockbusters do is playing other people up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the situation when I'm a player at Blockbuster LARP and I see Uh, for those listening, we have a Zoom problem at the moment. It will hopefully resolve itself in just a few seconds. Um, so please See, stand. Seeing like that, Martin said something, but I have no idea what happened. He said he's having a Zoom okay. problem. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, no, so, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, you cut out a little bit there, um, which sadly happens occasionally. Um, but I mean, I mean, so another similar experience, thinking back to Odysseus, which was a great example of this. I don't know if you remember the, because the, I think I was on the third run, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, because um, you were breaking down the, the ship after we left. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the two guys that played the, that, that were like the senior communications guys, they were both real live air traffic controllers. Yeah, we heard stories about how well they they pulled that sit together. So you know, and, and and I had served doing sonar and submarines for for years. So you know, passing info to them in in like decent language, and then them going out to the 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 fighters and using this air traffic controller, this standard you know air traffic controller voice, and it was just so reassuring for everybody on the bridge when they heard it. It was just like oh. We have the good team on right now. We can just relax. Herd, herd competence is, a, is an actual thing. And like people luckily like to help each other. And like, like you said, play each other up. Yeah. And also like, like actually give off game good advice on how to do this a bit better. Like, okay, sometimes it can be unasked for and sometimes people can do it wrong. But most of the time it's done well and people really make things better for everyone through that, which is really nice. And we had a guy at Fairweather who was a scientist working on some kind of submarine detection system um, and mentioned that during the the character, like sort of brief intros that we did in smaller groups at one point. And, and I went up to him afterwards and I'm like, look, I served on submarines. If you want information, I'm happy to give it to you, but it's completely up to you. I'm happy to, you know, let you play it up the way you want to as well. And, you know, we spent the next 30 minutes going over basic basic world war one submarine data and he's like scribbling furiously down he's like my character's going to be so much better now i'm like that's, yeah, that's great that's how it goes well and kind of going on that too uh, there's something really wonderful uh fairweather five it sold out in like a day i think yeah so they ended up casting it like a month later so we had basically a year to prepare these characters and like some really beautiful things happened during that year of people like getting together and doing research and like I think that helps as well other than you know I've also had the experience where you get your character like a week before you're supposed to be there and you're kind of like oh crap what do I do you know you're trying to get that stuff together while also having your real life so on yeah, top the po of that. possibility to pre-play or pre-plan with yeah. someone is definitely strengthens everything. And with Blockbuster LARPs having a long production time, oftentimes they won't be the game where you get your character one week before the game. I mean, that can happen sometimes, unfortunately, but most of the time there's, there is that and the community really does band together to kind of like build up because everyone like everyone knows it like if they only have time for that it, everyone knows that it's like that's how you get a better experience for everyone, especially yourself. So. 
Yeah, but also like the blockbusters uh, players community have this magic that will, uh, even if you don't have time for preplay because of your life uh, and work or whatever, they will still somehow remember about you and uh, include you during the game uh, and make sure that they the people who didn't uh, get involved in the pre-play will still more or less know what we created during the pre-play. Uh, I that was my experience when I was at College of Wizarding Prefect of Juventus, and I had like maybe five people uh, engaged in uh, pre-play. But then during the house briefing, we made sure that we talk talked with everybody and uh, told them what we planned, what were our ideas, and then if they didn't agree with them, we brainstormed and, and created it together. So that's amazing part of, you know, creating this experience together. That's, that's very blockbuster and very unique. And it's so nice to be able to have both. So, yes. and a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll have this pre-play where you're like, all right, I know that I can fall back on these, but like, especially during fair weather, like my favorite relationships, I had never even spoken to that person before the game. It just all of a sudden we're like best friends and something weird happens. And all of a sudden like, oh, this is my favorite, like through line in my experience. And this was not planned at all. I, I have magic to, of a LARP. I, I have to say that Prefect for Durentius was actually one of the hardest roles I have ever played at a LARP. Um, and the reason the reason actually has nothing to do with the fact that it was a difficult role per se, but it was my my fellow prefect for that run decided that their character was was possessed by a demon, which was fine, but it made them like super anti-human. And like everybody else in Durentius wasn't. So we had this one person literally standing up there saying how bad werewolves are and how horrible they are. And, you know, one of the tasks we had in one of the classes was, you know, invent something that would help werewolves, you know, fit better into society. And her her concept was, well, I'll invent something that like every full moon injects them with silver to prevent them from transforming into werewolves, which is super painful for the werewolves. So that was sort of difficult because I'm like, I so want to smack you upside the head right now, but I can't. But what yeah, made it, but what made it even harder was we had the sorting. Um, we had one girl who got sorted, who her character was super upset about this, and it was so hard to separate the character from the player at this point. And it was, it was at least, I, I pulled her aside at least once and I'm like, look, I just need to make certain that you are having a good time because if you're not, we need to obviously change something right away. And she's like, no, no, this is an absolute blast. I absolutely wanted to play a character that got sorted in the wrong house. I'm like, okay, that's great because I'm so worried about you right now because you seem so depressed. Yeah, that's, that's like a trap uh, of a LARP. Uh... I think any life, but especially playing a role that is responsible for other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during four days experience, when you are immersed into different world, different emotions, sometimes you just blend and you don't know uh, if, I don't know, I'm angry at this person or my character is like, what is this? What is this word even? 
And that is like thing that we all as players need to be aware of. Uh, and I think it's like, it's actually blockbuster players are aware of this and like they as a community can deal with uh, these bleed situations quite well. Like, or in your case, uh, as you said, Martin, just double check with other people if if what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing, or maybe I'm just, you know, uh, putting my emotions uh, into the situation. And I think that's one of the things that, that I've noticed a lot with characters at Blockbuster LARPs is a lot of them are willing to take that five seconds, step out of character and make sure that if you've had this really intense scene, that, you know, you're okay, you're fine. It's not, you know, it's it's your character, it's not you kind of thing. And yeah, like we care about uh, other players yeah. at Blockbusters and that gives this amazing possibility for new people, uh, for inexperienced LARPers to feel safe. And I, at least for me as a player at Blockbusters, it was this, I, I had this feeling that I'm surrounded with people who are creating this experience together and that we all want each other to have nice experience. Not only I want to have my experience, but also others. But then there are cases like with Martin co-player when sometimes things don't work and then we need to deal with it. And I, I think another um, thing that just came to mind is uh, sometimes you can use these blockbuster LARPs or LARP in general to explore things that you would never do in real life. Uh, for example, last year I played the first antagonistic character that I've ever done. And that's extremely hard for me because I am a, a, an extreme empath. And <laughs> so I don't want to be mean to anybody. And I was checking in with everybody I was being mean to all the time. I'm like, are you, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not like this, right? You know that I would never do this, right? You know, and they're like, just play. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it was extremely hard for me. But I'm also glad that I had that experience. Another friend actually pointed that out. He went to one of the Westworld style LARPs in Spain and wound up playing a character that, that, so they have white hats, black hats, and they have the, the, the hosts essentially. And he wound up playing a black hat, which is the bad characters. And he came out of that LARP saying, Oh my God, I just spent like three days being the most evil, sadistic human I could possibly be. And I have no clue how to reconcile this because it's just not who I am. Um, as a matter of fact, he was the guy who played the doctor at Fairweather. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Steve's so. The best. <laughs> and, and the sweetest man ever. So it's so funny to hear that he was, you know, the right. best guy on earth. I was, I was like last last fall. I was at the 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 the, the, the conscience <laughs> run, and one of the guys who played the the one of the major black hats. Like at one of the dinner times, I was just, I had to go, to, I, I went off game time because he was just crying there. And I was like, I feel you, brother. You're doing such a good job. But like, oh God, I can only imagine how bad you feel. I remember the first time I played an antagonistic character and I was like, did I do a good job? I was, I hated every, every moment of it. But it's like, it's also a part of LARP. Sometimes it's not easy. <laughs> I, I actually... really, um, sorry, Martin. No, sorry. Really, um, 
raises other people's games because you need those people who are actively against you but nobody want everybody wants to be the hero nobody wants to be that you know that person who's putting everybody down so um it takes a a, a kind of bravery to to step into that it's role. heavy it's heavy i did it to myself with my juventus prefect i i created my own character that was an absolute ass and absolute egoistic bitch and everyone was afraid of her while me in person i'm like i like people i want them to be happy and have good game and then i was this character who's like why your shoes are untied even <laughs> and things and it was like so hard but also on the other hand i had support of my players uh, of other players who would come to me and say we love you zoe is horrible but we love you <laughs> And that's that's like the, the amazing again community of blockbuster LARPs. Well, and I have to say that that one of the LARPs that I I both absolutely love that I've done and to a certain extent dislike because of of how it was run and and parts of parts of the logistics of the LARP. I played a more antagonistic character and it was actually a lot of fun sort of getting up in the face of people and saying, look, I'm not going to let you do this. No, no, no. I'm putting my foot down. You're not sending that next expedition out because I don't have enough men to go with you. So you're just not going. End of story. And people are like, oh, we're just going to go anyways. I'm like, nope, you try that. We're just going to shoot you when you pass the camp perimeter. <laughs> and it was, I mean... You know, th there was so much fun in that. And yet at the same time, if I look back at, for example, College of Wizardry, where I wasn't the antagonistic character, where I was trying to be supportive of the Durantius people, it was kind of funny because like every other house prefect after the house sorting was like, dude, we feel so sorry for you to have to be with that other prefect. It's it's just like, just nuts. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And we came up to the very end because we lost. So, of course, you know, you still have to go up and give your happy losing speech. And she's up there basically going off and off on all these non-purebred humans. And we discovered that we had like three of them in the house. And eventually I'm like, you know what? Enough of this crap. I just stepped up and we'd planned this in advance. But I just stepped up, cast a spell on her to shut her up. And then apologize to the entire school. But I barely had a chance to do that because as soon as I cast the spell the entire room erupted in applause. And the plan had been to turn around and apologize to the professors for casting this sort of unauthorized spell. But like all the professors were up, were applauding as well. And I'm like, okay, so I guess I don't need to apologize for that then. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up sort of to the close of our time here. Um, so I have two more questions that I'd like to sort of, um, sort of, well, I guess three in essence. Um, so in your opinion, and, and there are obviously no right or wrong answers, what's the best blockbuster LARP you've been to as a player and what makes it the best one? Did we all freeze again? It is possible that we have frozen because of zoom, which means I'm just going to talk for a few moments. Um, so hopefully we'll get everybody. There we go. Now we're all back. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi. <laughs> hi. I so, will go first. Um, I've been talking about a lot, but Fairweather Manor, which was actually my first blockbuster LARP. So I, I might hold a special place in my heart just for being the first. Um, it just, the, the fact that there was nothing 
like that I had to do no, no prep that I had to do, even though I did some prep, it just kind of breathed and it was its own thing. And, um, as I mentioned before, those moments became, became real. And then we were talking about things and just so many things happening around you. It really felt like a real experience. It really felt like I had transported back into the, you know, early 1900s and I was living that life and I was doing something completely different. I, um, I pulled off uh, a really good English accent. <laughs> I don't know how, I just remember people coming up and like, wait, you're American? Like how? <laughs> I felt good about that. And it just, I made friendships like some of my best friends I made there, it was just, it was a beautiful time. And I don't know if it's just because of the players who were there, how it was run, or if it's the fact that I'm so nostalgic for it because it was this first experience I've had. Okay. Yes, I can go. That is not an easy question. Nope. Especially that I played only one international blockbuster three times uh, that was college of wizarding and then i played the polish one uh, new age uh, last year and i think new age wins uh, it wasn't like classical blockbuster because it wasn't polish and it didn't have international players but every other aspect was uh, definitely blockbuster and it was like my dream setting of LARP because it was a school for mutants and I was a teacher uh, and I played this character that I created uh, with organizers and I loved my character and the school and it was like the game had such nice mechanics like they really thought about how we are gonna run game about mutants and how to make it work and it was magical and like intense and emotional and like I got to play my one of my favorite tv shows ever I mean I was I was a mix of black cat and catwoman that had a role of mystique and like there was this guy who was basically magneto but it was called something else and there was a big rugby game and like it was it had all the things that made the game amazing and like i changed costume every three hours that was also amazing i had so much clothes with me for a three days game i loved it so i think new age uh last year once so yeah well like you've said it's hard to choose a favorite and like I have, I've got a bunch of international LARPs now under under my belt, where many things have worked, but always there's something that kind of like grates against or. And I will admit, I've had a couple of very bad experiences also where I was not happy at all, because sometimes that happens in LARP. But like I'm gonna have to kind of copy Tiana and be like, eh. my first game was the Monitor Celestros, my first blockbuster LARP, after which I've been going to blockbusters way more and and there it, it just had some sort of in that weekend i was in space and that was so cool and in a swedish destroyer and like the 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 surroundings worked so well even though the logistics and the uh, the, the info wasn't as good because we had to sleep off the ship and there was a lot of like to and fro and but it's still like story wise and feeling wise and all that i guess 
because I've like I've worked on a bunch. I've been a helper and a, I've organized one big one. And like I, I, but if as a player, yeah, it's it's got to be monitors list for me for how how well they had everything in hand, considering all the limitations. They really made it work. So I have to say, from my perspective, I think that it it comes down to two, and it's almost a coin toss between them. And and I'm gonna give it to. I'm going to give it to College of Wizardry. Um, the other one that it comes down to is, is um, one called Outbound Hope, um, which is another space LARP. But I'm going to give it to College of Wizardry, not because the venue for, for Outbound Hope was any less. It, it probably the same. It, it's, you know, it's on a U.S. destroyer. But just the whole getting to the castle in Poland, the bus from Berlin with everybody on board and everybody slowly getting into character, and that first time that you you get to to that castle and you see it live and it's just like wow and you're in the castle the entire weekend and you just feel like you're actually at a wizard school and it was it was just so incredible and it was just such an amazing experience um so the last question is a two-part question because it's partially sort of combined. So with the current COVID-19 crisis and many LARPs having been canceled or postponed for 2020, and, and I know some have been postponed from 2021 already, um, what do you think is going to happen to LARP going forward, assuming the vaccine is, is now you know clearly on the horizon? And what's next for each of you with LARP? Now, welcome in an episode of podcast when we are fortune tellers. Yes. <laughs> and as a fortune teller, I'm going to tell you that LARPs will rise back again. There will be a lot of new amazing games, new organizations and groups making LARPs. This has actually already happened. Link, that new groups are starting to make blockbuster LARPs. And that's that's amazing because they will, I think they are becoming more popular and by that more available to people. Uh, and there are new groups already. And that's also very smoothly moves to the other part because the next thing for me in LARP, uh, it's gonna be Harvest Dance. Uh, so it's a Fay LARP organized by a new group of people. So. Yay for me. And also I am now designing a small LARP and I'm gonna hopefully play Forbidden History somewhere in the future. All right, I can go next. Um, so I'm gonna kind of look at this with an American perspective. Uh, well, a Californian American perspective because we've been locked down more than most people in the entire world. Um, and we're back in lockdown again, but like everybody else is. But I think that there's this thirst to get out of the norm and to do something new. So I think that once things get back to normal, whether it be next year or the year after, I think we're going to see a lot of more, maybe they won't technically be called blockbuster LARPs, but actual blockbuster LARPs, which are these huge interactive theatrical experiences for people who are just so desperate to try new things um, because they've been locked in their houses for a year or two, you know? Um, so I think that we'll get, we'll get back to normal, um, 
we'll get back to these amazing experiences and there is going to be lots of innovation and we've already seen it. So I think that this kind of, uh, we'll see more hybrids and things where people maybe like with VR or other experiences where people can come together and we'll see these hybrid blockbuster experiences. Um, so I'm ex I am actually excited for the future of LARP. Um, as for what's next for me, I think as of right now in September, it's Mission Together in Spain. Um, I'm hoping to do more, but we'll see what happens and what gets postponed and things like that. So just taking it as it comes, um, but fingers always crossed. Which run? <laughs> oh, run two. Oh, I'll see you there then. Yay! <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, yeah, I, I can only echo what's been said because I'm pretty sure that like LARP's going to get back on track once, once it's okay to start having events again, considering that LARP isn't like, um, uh, like a huge, um, like public, pu public, like stunt ever. Like they're still like, even the biggest events I've been to personally have been like up to 500 people. It's like it's not gonna be it's not like it's a concert or anything like that assuming things start like calming down going back to regular i'm pretty sure that blockbuster larps and larps in general will will be returning we we want to get out of this world and into other worlds and that is definitely even more now because this year has been what it has been so yeah i i definitely believe that like there's gonna be yeah there's definitely gonna be innovations and stuff like that and things are gonna move forward but like bigger better stronger Personally, yeah, I'm like, uh, actually some of the LARPs I had already lined up are like have been moved in May. I would be going to Germany to play Grim Side of the Moon and then to Italy for Secrets We Keep and then <laughs> to, to run two of uh, like the, the well, well, oh, brain fart, but the Spanish sci-fi mission together. So, and there has been, there were before Corona, there were talks of maybe rerunning Odysseus at some point. Obviously, everything. Oh my on God, hold please do. I'm yes, sorry, you have to. <laughs> you have to. I need to play please. this game. So we, we, had, we had already like people being enthusiastic about that, but we were looking to make it in a way more like, um, less backbreaking way because we really did the main organizers and the like people most in, in like involved were really working way too much so we, we like we were when we were talking about it we were looking to get way more people to join to be like uh volunteers and stuff like that but i would assume that maybe after corona we will start looking into that again and hopefully be able to do it again because it was great and i liked it um, so yeah, I, I think I echo all the sentiments. I think that we're starting to see stuff start to begin to percolate as far as, as thoughts and plans. Like I said, I've been working on a LARP now for, oh God, it's gotta be the last five months, just getting all the backend logistics done so that we're as far ahead as possible once we can actually start doing physical stuff. Um, next for me is, is then obviously that LARP, which will happen early next November, um, followed by uh, Triumph in Croatia, which is this nifty Hunger Games LARP uh, happening a, a year from this weekend, apparently, which will be so much fun, and we're so looking forward to it. We were hoping to go this year, and, and it's going to you know, be really great next year. Um, so I think this has been an excellent discussion, and I would love to continue this for hours, but unfortunately our time here is coming to a close. 
so I would like to thank uh, Tiana, uh, Ida, and Antti for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Excellent. Yes, much fun. Thank yes, you thank for you. having us. And uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of From Adventure to Innkeeper, a podcast for all LARPers. Uh, our next episode, which will release on the 24th of January, 2021, uh, which will be the first episode of our second season, we'll look at some of the ideas behind music involved with LARP. And this topic will cover how music, sounds, and sound effects impact LARP and what kind of influence it has on the players. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank all of our guests for joining us on the show. I'm your host, Martin, and thank you for listening. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Mal Books, uh, and additionally, we'd like to thank Lex Media for the use of their Fred Rothmel Memorial Podcast Studio, and please check out their links on our website, adventuretoinkeeper.com. Thank you.